This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, guys, this is Dr. Vic here. And uh, before I get into this awe-inspiring interview, uh, with Roberto Monaco, I wanted to share a little bit about Roberto. Roberto's, uh, he's one of the few. There's not many like him in this world. He is, his energy is contagious. He's very inspirational. He loves life. And he is the man of influence. Uh, Roberto Monaco has been, he's a full-time speaker, a coach, and a trainer since 2002, and he's conducted more than 4,500 presentations in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, England, Brazil, and Puerto Rico. Roberto used to work for Anthony Robbins, Robert, Anthony Robbins Companies for six years, and in 2004, 5, 6, and 7, he was a top producer and revenue generator in the country. In 2005, 6, 7, and 8, Roberto has also coached and trained all the other peak performance strategists at the Tony Robbins companies. Uh, 
He has advised and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, executives, managers, and sales professionals in the areas of peak performance, leadership, psychology of achievement, presentation skills, and sales. Today, Roberto is the co-founder of Influenceology a training and coaching firm that helps sales professionals, leaders, and executives to acquire more clients, make more money, and advance their mission through the art and science of influence. Roberto is originally from Porto Alegre, Brazil, and he conducts workshops and trainings in two languages, English and Portuguese. I was really excited to uh, have Roberto on. He's a a mentor of mine. I've taken his programs um, it's amazing what he has helped me with in the speaking world and being able to present my message in a way to help the listeners, the audience grasp it better. Uh, that's it. When it comes to influence, it's not manipulation. Sometimes people think of that, but Roberto is a master when it comes to influence and how to coin terms and words and how to really help you grasp your message. But in this interview, we share a ton of nuggets, and that's what I love about Roberto. Roberto will share awesome information and life nuggets and nuggets in general about you can utilize in your life no matter what arena you're at. So I highly recommend getting a pen and paper out. There was a lot of great stuff here that was shared, and it was a very uh, be ready to be inspired uh, because Roberto is the man when it comes to influence, and he will definitely influence you to in- inspiration and empowering your life and your message. So let's jump into this amazing and powerful and inspirational interview with Roberto Monaco. Well, welcome to the show, my friend. I am so excited to be here today. Going to have a great time. Dude, I told you over a year ago I was going to do a podcast, and you were someone that I was eyeing. I know you have such passion. Listeners, you're going to hear it from him. Uh, You're an amazing individual, and I'm just so excited to have you on. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Dr. Vic. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So let's talk about this whole thing. Influenceology. I mean, you are the man when it comes to influenceology. I've taken your classes and and I've followed you. I I look at what you do and it has helped me immensely in my career. Um, How did your journey though? How did it all start? So here's, uh, I think the journey started uh, back in Brazil. Uh, Some of you are listening to me right now. And recognizing my accent, some of you are thinking, where's this guy from? <laughs> so so I, 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 I grew up in Brazil, and uh, I got a, a bachelor's in finance. I worked in a bank for almost 10 years. And, uh, and eventually, I decided to quit my job, and I, I flew to uh, England for three months uh, to learn English, to start studying English. Then I came to America. And eventually, I, I found myself, Dr. Vic, in a spot where... Um, I was unhappy, and uh, I remember clearly one day, I'm in San Diego, California, I'm reading a book with a dictionary translating word by word, and, uh, and I found this question. The question was, if I could do anything in my life and I knew I could not fail, what would I be doing today right here, right now? Now, I know that most of you have already have heard this question before, but the first time, really, when you listen to this question in your heart and you try to answer the best way you can, like with 100% authenticity, I'm like, man, I don't know. 
I really don't know. So I went through this journey. I started going to seminars after seminars after seminars, a lot of self-development stuff. And eventually, it was super clear for me that I want to become a speaker or a mentor because I love to help people. And here's the part that's really important for the listeners. For five long years, five, I didn't take action. And the reason I didn't take action because I have a mix between fear with a mix of like limiting beliefs, limitations. Well, I'm not from here. Well, I have this thick accent. People are not going to like me. All this stuff that paralyzed me for five years. And eventually, I, I said, you know what? I want to step up. And I ended up applying for a job with the Anthony Robbins companies, Tony Robbins. And uh, I remember going to the interview. I talked to the VP of sales, and he looked at me and said, man, you have this great energy, but I don't know if you can speak for Tony and sell uh, his events. And I, and I look at him, and I pause and said this. I said, I'm not going to be your best speaker. Because English is my third language. Yeah. I will be your number one influencer. So that's where I started, Dr. Vic. I started going, I, I started going doing talks. Um, and I was doing around 400 talks a year. You know, when you, when you have speakers going to chambers of commerce, businesses, sales meetings. So I was doing 400 talks a year. And then eventually, uh, I, after six years, I left Tony Robbins. And then I opened up a company with my business partner uh, back in 2008. So we have 10 years now. Exactly. And the company for Astrology, the idea behind it, thank you, buddy, 10 years is big. Uh, so the idea behind the Astrology is to help, uh, is to help entrepreneurs uh, who are uh, business professionals who have a big purpose and they want to communicate their story to the masses. So that's what we do. Uh, we have worked with uh, uh, 36 industries so far, and it's super fun, super rewarding. I love it. And we're going to dive into a ton of Influenceology stuff. Uh, one question I wanted to ask is, you know, when you were Tony Robbins, you said that I'm not going to be the best speaker, but I'll be your biggest influencer. Did you, yeah. end, did you end up being that big influencer? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually, <laughs> I actually, I, I actually, for, uh, so I was there for six years. Uh, my first year I was in the bottom. So they had like the sales, you know, numbers out of the bottom. Then I hired a bunch of coaches. And then the last five years I was the number one guy while I was there. And uh, in, 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 sale, in, in sales of uh, tickets, you know, ticket sales, we were promoting the time to unleash the power within events, the firewalk. So then I, I started training on speakers. That's when, the, when I, my passion for uh, speaking training arrived. Because the cool thing about what I do, what I love about what I do, is when you help someone to become an effective speaker, not only teaching them just one talk, but literally they can go on a radio, podcast, TV, speaking for about five people, 50, 500, 5,000. Man, it's pure freedom. It's pure freedom. So I love that. I love uh, every, every day of my life right now, every day I go to Facebook and I see some speaker all over the world, in, I don't, many different countries, and I see them speaking, doing talks, they post their videos and pictures, and I feel like part of me is there with them. So uh, that's really fulfillment, uh, fulfillment for me and rewarding. I, I love that. Would you say that's your biggest lesson you learned with doing the coaching and everything with Tony Robbins? Is that what you just explained? I would say the biggest lesson I learned from Tony 
Um, man, I love, I, I would say, I'd say this true. This true biggest one, right? Um, one of them, he said he was doing a 21 time for the group. And he said this, look, you can take everything away from me. My company is playing Island. I'll build everything back with the power of influence and the power of my mouth. I'll never forget that, but I'll never forget. Because if you stop, if you stop and think about it, the, the every single leader that has changed the course of our society, the business, politics, uh, spirituality, why right? any, any, you name it, yep. they use the power of communication to do so. Right. So I personally feel, so that's number one. Number two, the second biggest lesson I learned is, is by the way, um, there's not, I haven't achieved that goal yet. I want to make sure I'm clear and I haven't, and I have, I'm not there yet, but I think the second thing that I learned is that the idea of having emotional mastery. So instead of, uh, your emotions run you, you run them. Okay. And by the way, I'm not perfect. I still get caught up a lot on my own stuff, but I feel like I, I can tell you for sure with certainty that I am a hundred times better than when I started. So I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that, man. Cause that's the same thing for me. That's just something I battle with is, you know, how to, you know, I think we're all human, right. And we're going to have, yep. but it, it, yep. I appreciate you sharing that authenticity there with all that. Um, was there a point in your speaking career getting into it all? I know you, I've heard you share so many stories, which I, I love, and I'm going to try and pull some out here. But what was like one of the biggest turning points when it came for you in speaking? You know, one, one of my turning points. Um, so when I go hired, I have several turning points. I want to share one with the, one of them. When I go hired, uh, basically the company, they gave you a script, a 25 page script, and they sent you to the field to speak. And I remember I was on my first month in a job, brand new, had no much experience. And I remember uh, looking my calendar and I was living in New Jersey and I saw a meeting with the address was Wall Street. And I'm like, dude, am I speaking on Wall Street? Wall Street, Wall Street. <laughs> and, uh, and that was, uh, for me, I mean, growing up in Brazil, poor was a dream, right? So I, oh, I was yeah. living in New Jersey. And, and if there's anybody that listens here, know New Jersey, New York area. So I was in Hoboken. I got the ferry. And it was like, almost like a movie scene. I was in the uh, in the ferry, and I had my suit and my briefcase, and the big buildings approaching. It was a beautiful day. I crossed uh, to Manhattan. I get a cab, go to this company, this beautiful building, this huge, beautiful, expensive boardroom, and I start doing my talk. And there's like ten people, investment bankers there, and within ten minutes, out of the ten, five stood up and left Ooh. because my talk sucked. And, and now dude, you got to finish, right? So I finished and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the people who stay, they stay out of respect for me. Literally. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I was supposed to sell tickets. I didn't sell anybody. And now I got to take the cab back and then the ferry back from Manhattan to New Jersey. And now I, I had this, this voice, right? Dude, you suck. You're not supposed to speak. Um, this is way beyond your capabilities. I had this negative voice. So I arrived um, at home at the time and my roommate said, dude, why are you so sad? And then, then I said, uh, man, um, I told this story about it. And he goes, uh, tell me, show me your presentation. And then I, I was doing my talk for him 
And within a couple of minutes, he goes, stop, 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 stop. And I said, what? He goes, you have no certainty. You see, we are always supposed to be doing the same script. So he knew I was saying the right things, but I had no certainty. And the biggest lesson, turning point for me is that uh, people never lose certainty. Never. Some people say, oh, I lost my confidence or uh, that is an illusion because certainty or confidence is context dependent, right? So I, I, I was, you know, at that, at that moment, I, I was certain that I'm a good person. I was certain that I want to help, but I wasn't bringing that certainty, that confidence into my speaking. So through some exercises that I did, um, I, I, I started using, uh, before my talks and putting myself in this really powerful state of certainty, again, going back to emotional mastery, mm-hmm. man, and it was night and day. The next talk, I start closing rooms. It was crazy. Um, and, and so many, so many people, so many speakers, they, they spend so much time, um, working on PowerPoints, uh, redoing the PowerPoints and, and doing old stuff instead of like rehearsing the talk and putting themselves in this magnetic, right? The word is in this magnetic state before they speak. And when you do that, you become unstoppable because, um, I, I had cases just by walking a room, the way you walk and the energy people said, dude, you're walking in. I, I don't even know what you're going to say, but I, I decided at that moment I'm going to buy something. Just how you walk. Uh, because your state, your state's magnetic. So I have, a, I have a little methodology that I use to create this um, really powerful emotional state before our talks. I love it. And I think you just shared, I think I, was, I see it on Facebook or maybe Instagram. I don't remember where I just saw it today, where uh-huh. you shared actually just what you're talking about. What, what is it that you do right before you go to it? Like you're about to start speaking. Okay. okay. Imagine you have a, a triangle. So in one leg, I really put myself in a state of empathy and, and you never, one phrase that sales business people, we have to learn how to eliminate from our vocabulary is this. I know how you feel, right? Because you know, you, nobody knows how I feel. I don't know how you feel, right? You can get close to. So empathy is you trying to do the best you can to get close to how people feel in the moment, even though you never know. So I ask myself questions like, who are these people? Uh, what are they giving up from being here? What they come from? What the kind of goals, desires they have? So I'm really trying to figure out other things that I do too, but to have empathy. The second state or emotion that I cultivate is certainty. So I, I stop and think, uh, I think about my life, the moments when I felt unstoppable certain, certainty. So I, I have these images in my mind and I feel what I, how I felt. I breathe how I was breathing then. Uh, so I, I, I rip that in my mind and I and I have this literally this wave of a certainty going in my body. So I have empathy, I have certainty, and the third thing that I have is love because I think I feel like love is the strongest force you have. And really I do this really cool thing and that I, I usually do when someone's introducing me, I go in the back of the room and I pause and I think about my mom, I think about my wife, I think about my baby, and I have these loving moments with them. And then when I'm when I'm feeling 
and in silent, right? In silent. I look at the audience and I go, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, 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 I love you. So I send a lot. I try to say I love to as many people as I can. So now I have, I'm cultivating the state of certainty, but between uh, empathy, between certainty, and between love, right? And the, I'm telling you, it's magnetic. And then I, I have this incantation that I say, I pray my words awaken the inside of you so your purpose roars the way it should. I pray my words awaken the inside of you so your purpose roars the way you should. Man. And then eventually that state is pure, uh, is, is magnetic. People feel that you want to help out. So anyway, so that is uh, how I cultivate this powerful state. That is deep stuff. And I mean, that, that just relates to a lot of like stuff that I, I, I teach on the, the quantum physics side. It's your vibration. You're raising it up. You're getting it as high as you can. I know Tony Rob, you say state. I know Tony Robbins talks about that too, like the, mm-hmm. uh, your powered state, your power state, getting into that. Uh, monumental. And I bet you already know. You've probably tested this out a gazillion times. When you don't do that, look what happens versus when you do do that, the influence and the power you have coming is drastically different. Would you agree? Oh, it's amazing, dude! It's amazing because so many people they they, they are caught up on this state. Like, um, if you if you think about the majority of people, not everybody, but the majority of people, um, right before they do a presentation, they have uh, feelings of uncertainty, fear, anxiety. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I good enough? And man, I I I, I cannot go away. Because either I'm going to influence my emotions or I'm allow my emotions to influence me. It's very simple. So when you, when you, it's not like you're going to be able to be successful every single talk. That is not what it's about. <laughs> it's about you, it's about you become consistent. So when your message is consistent and your state is consistent and your office consistent, most likely you're going to achieve results, you know, better results. And, um, and I, I, this is, I'm telling you, it, 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 I don't want to say it's hundred percent predictable that you're going to close the room every single time, which is not about that. But I'm telling you that if, if you focus on your state, if you focus on your message, then you're going to experience a uh, consistently higher, uh, conversions, whatever you're selling or promoting, or even if you're selling an idea, you know, idea selling, people are not calling to buying your stuff, but they accept your idea. So you're going to experience better uh, adoption of your idea. I love that. So let's say we have someone who's like looking to, because, you know, what is it? Uh, Public speaking is the number one fair thing over death. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's close to that. Yeah. Yeah, Right. So, or number two to it, but you know, it's one of those things. So, for someone who is like, oh, I would love to do that, but no, I'm afraid to get up. Do you have like a personal story, something that you've went through that kind of shifted your mindset in a way? Because uh, I remember hearing the story and I love it because I actually, it helped me out drastically um, when you were uh, on a, well, the, when you were in Mexico, that story. Oh, man. <laughs> because that's profound. So that, that's such a powerful story. So if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, that's, no, yeah, so share. It's a little long story. I'm, I'm going to try to make short here. So when I left Tony Robbins, so that's the, um, so when I worked for Tony Robbins, I, I left the company uh, in 2008. And my previous uh, boss, his name, was, his name was Gene. And Gene invited me to, uh, he left the company, Tony Robbins, and he, and he went to work for a guy named Chad Holmes. 
who Chuck Holmes was an uh, international bestseller. Uh, he wrote a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine, which is an amazing book. Highly encourage you guys to. He passed a couple years ago. So anyway, Gene started working chat, and then Gene called me up and said, hey, man, uh, we are doing this uh, big event in Mexico City uh, for two days, and Chats is speaking for two days for the largest construction company in Mexico, city in Mexico, the, check this out, the second largest construction company in the planet. Holy and I said, good for you, buddy. <laughs> no, they're massive. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then Jim said, Hey, we need a, a guy who can translate chat in Spanish and, uh, and be, and be very dynamic. Can you do that? Now, by the way, Roberto, I, I'm from Brazil originally, but I speak Portuguese. And I, and I took some classes in Spanish. I said, yeah, of course I can do it. And, but I haven't spoke Spanish in 10 years. Now, I didn't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and a week passed by. Gene never called me. He said, okay, the deal is off. And then I never forget, Sunday evening, he calls me up and said, hey, man, um, we, knew, we closed the deal. We're not, we're not going this Thursday, but next Thursday to Mexico City. You're going to be speaking from 600 people. Now, here's the crazy part. I literally hadn't, and if you know Spanish and Portuguese, sometimes the same thing, some, the same word, sometimes totally different. Yep. So I panic and I, and I hire a teacher for five hours a day, literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday we, we fly to Mexico City uh, and they send me 500 slides, okay, <laughs> to do two days. And I'm, I'm, and I'm rehearsing. Okay, so we, we, we arrived in Mexico City, this beautiful hotel, and then on Thursday evening, I go to my hotel room, and then Friday morning, I wake up, so the event started, I meet the, the, the owner, Geraldo, billionaire, super nice guy, so chat starts speaking, I start translating, and then within five minutes, uh, chat start telling his personal story, and then we didn't practice that, and uh and maybe the listeners know this, when you have a uh, Spanglish, when you use half Spanish, half English, there's a term you use called Portuñol, which is half Portuguese, half Espanol. And that. I do that, and I really start using my Portuñol, and uh, eventually I saw 600 people tilted their heads, looking at me like weird. <laughs> and there's a lady from the back, and the lady from the back came running, and, and, and she, and Chad was speaking, right? and, and she said, we need to remove you from the stage right now. And I'm like, right now? Those, right now? And I'm like, why? And then he, and she said, because people cannot understand your Spanish. And they literally removed me. They paused the talk, removed me, and, and they put me in a, chair, in a chair in a corner. Man, I felt humiliated. I felt, um, and this is after uh, Dr. Vic, six years to Tony Robbins. I had my own company. I felt like I, I let Chad Holmes down, my previous boss down, the audience down. Man, I felt like I felt like uh, not only humiliated, but I felt like I did something really bad because I let people down. And uh, and so then in the evening, uh, the my my previous boss, Gene, the guy who hired me, calls me up and say, "How are you feeling, man?" I'm like, "Man, I'm so sorry. I really believe I could do this, Gene." He goes, "Look, I understand." And he said, "I have to ask a favor uh, tomorrow." I'm supposed to do a two-hour talk in English, and I have this big meeting. Can you do a two-hour presentation in English tomorrow? And I'm going to have someone translate you in Spanish. By the way, you're not going to get paid. It's not part of the contract. It's a favor. 
And then I pause and said, of course, because in life, either you own your results or your results own you. And when I was feeling sorry for myself, right? when I was feeling sorry, the results are owning me. And I say, you know what? I want to do it. And, uh, and I practiced until I put a talk together, two-hour talk. And it was fascinating when they brought me back next day. And, and I could see people's faces or they're thinking, man, this guy again, right? He's going to speak again. <laughs> he just got kicked out yesterday. Now, they didn't know I was going to talk in English. I was going to be translated in Spanish. And here's one of the highlights of my career. Um, on Friday, 600 people saw me being kicked out from the stage. On Saturday, they stood up, 600 people, and gave me a standing ovation. And the only reason I say that, I'm telling the story here, is because in life, we all are going to fail, right? We are going to fail. But you have to, but it's, it's worth it when you are able to take lessons from it, right? Because I believe that your message is worth it, your impact is worth it, right? So that was the biggest lesson that I took. So uh, if, you, if you feel like, if you're afraid you're going to be humiliated, embarrassed, man, I don't think it's going to be worse than I did, you know? Uh, and I remember you saying too, like the moment you will actually feel that you were truly humiliated, or I think it was humiliated, is when you have every single person in the world. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Not be judged, whatever. <laughs> I remember that quote. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's another. Uh, um, that's another story. So, man, uh, you're pulling a lot of stories for me today. It's good. <laughs> so, it's great. I, uh, I had that. So years ago, I was coaching this guy. I was doing life coaching at that time. And, uh, and I had this gentleman who, who he had this, uh, who, who had this huge fear of uh, rejection, right? And, uh, and, and then so, and, and a lot of people, they're clear about their values, right? Oh, I want to experience more success. I want to experience more, you know, abundance, more health, more wealth, but they're afraid of being rejected. So they have these conflicting rules. So they're clear about what their goals but they don't realize that they have these values or these rules that sabotage them. So one of them, for this guy specifically, was rejection. So during my coaching call, I asked him, what has to happen for you to feel rejected? And he looked at me, he said this, he said, well, Roberto, I never thought about it, but uh, here's my rule. Every time I walk in a room and someone look at me in a weird way, I feel rejected. And I'm like, go again? Tell me again. He goes, yeah. Every time I walk in a room and someone look at me in a weird way, I feel rejected. Now, let's pause here. How often do you think that's going to happen? You walk in a room, someone look at you in a weird way. Every single time. Every time. Yep. Every time. Yep. So you see, we all, and, and this is a really powerful lesson as well, because we don't, we, we never uh, stop to think about our own rules about rejection. Right. So, so if you listen to us right now, I ask you what has to happen for, for you to feel rejected. Right. And it'd be like, well, I don't know. Well, I'm here to tell you that you have a rule. Maybe it's an unconscious rule. Uh, and, and our job here is to make sure you bring from unconscious to conscious. So then, because you're the only person who can set up those rules. So I, I told my client, I said, here's my rule. Roberto Monaco, I feel rejected when. 8 billion people at the same time look at me and say, you suck. Then, only then, I want to feel rejected. I love and it. then people, people start laughing, come on, dude, that's stupid. <laughs> they say, okay, so tell me a rule. You tell me a rule. You tell me, what is it? Is it five people? Is it 500? Is it 1,000? You know? So anyway, 
the so the, the the key point is that we all have different rules right, about being rejected. I love it. Yeah, and it's so true. I mean, that was such a profound statement when I heard that, and I was just like, you know, I mean, I, I I've done speaking for a while beforehand, but you know, going through your seminars and stuff, it was one of those things where it, I was able to hone and and we're going to talk a little bit more about this stuff that I uh, in in the influenceology side of stuff. But it was one of those things, and when I heard that, I was like. Yeah, I'm just going to go and do my thing and, and things happen. Things happen. I'm going to laugh it off. I'll, I'll joke on myself when I make mistakes and, and have fun with it. And just that remember that in my head. No, so this, so this is today. So uh, today um, I had, um, uh, if you go to my Facebook page, you're going to see this story. My client actually uh, recorded a video. You might know him. Uh, so here what happens. He's an experienced speaker and, uh, and he did... Um, uh, he was doing, he did six talks. He was going to corporations in Canada, did six talks, uh, trying to convert people. And uh, all this, the six talks go zero, 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 zero. And he calls me freaking out, say, dude, I need help. So I did this uh, uh, coaching call half an hour. I shared with him four strategies. And then he went up next talk and closed 50% of the room. Why? It's not perfect, but from zero to 50 is a big jump. Massively, yeah. And, and then he called me today and said, dude, I forgot to say the best part. And I'm, and I'm like, what is it? He goes, dude, as I was starting, I, I went to kick a chair and I, and I, and I, and I farted and I farted really loud in front of everybody. He told me today, and I'm like, come on, man. He goes, dude, I did. I swear I did. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes like, and I know nobody. I don't have a strategy to come back for that one, man. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I hope that never happens to me. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, wow, wow. You know, keeping class here. But dude, I was laughing so hard. I, he just recorded this video before a podcast today. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, man, that's... Things happen. In his speaking, things happen, you know? It does. Yeah, I love uh, it. And, and, and again, it goes back to if he has that mindset of 8 billion people, yeah. <laughs> like he's going to laugh it off, make a joke, or do something out of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he did. He just, like, he just kept going, you know? He just kept going. I love it. So let, let's tap in more then. Let's get into this influenceology stuff. And, you know, when it comes to influence, I know you mentioned about one of the mistakes that speakers do or people who present, they focus more on the PowerPoint than the content. Yeah. That's the biggest mistake. Or is there something else that when it comes to speaking, what's the thing you, you see that's the biggest mistake? You know, um, so um, I want to I create a context here. So a lot of, a lot of my career since two thousand. So from, uh, since 2000 and 2008, I was primarily doing talks and coaching people. And now 2008, now I do from now, uh, 10 years, I do a lot of presentation reviews where people send me the talks. So I have a lot of uh, experience of like uh, reviewing talks. One of the biggest, uh, areas that people can improve. Okay. Um, that they are not doing the talks enough is a storytelling. Uh, and, uh, and, I, 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 and let me tell you why, because here's what happens there. When we go, when we go to, um, I have a, I have a, a BA in finance MBA marketing. So let's call it, uh, seven years of a business, ex, uh, training, man. I never learned about storytelling. Never seven years. Never. They don't teach that in MBA school or, or bachelor's degree. It's kind of crazy. 
But then when you li- when you go outside to sell, influence market, and you start looking at things around you. For example, if you go to Amazon, best-selling books, they're novels. If you watch uh, TV shows, right? Uh, if anybody watch any TV shows, they're stories. If you watch uh, even even like this uh, uh, singing competitions, right? Right before the uh, X Factor or American Idol. What do they show right before the singer goes and performs? Yeah, they show a little clip, right? A little clip, like a one-minute clip, telling a story. So every, look, around us, video games. Now, I don't know if you noticed, Dr. Vic, now video video game is a disease. It is a... People, uh, people lose jobs because of video games. They, they have divorce for video games. Because why video games, when I was growing up, you know, uh, I'm 48 now. When I was 15... People didn't get hooked on video games, and now we do. Why? Because before it was Pac-Man, right? Yeah. Uh, before you didn't have the storytelling. Now, it, they, they make this so, so compelling, and now you become a character in the story, and you become hooked. So, so storytelling is every, everywhere around us. That's how we like. Like, if, if you ask, look, if today... Um, if it, it's Friday, recording this Friday, then you're going to have a weekend. Comes Monday, and you're going to go back to work. I promise you're going to be telling stories uh, to your friends or loved ones about the weekend. So that's how you communicate. And then when you go into quote-unquote uh, quote speaking mode or presentation mode, most of us, we, we try to uh, just start giving information, give facts, without being able to illustrate using stories. So let me give an example here. I have one of my clients, uh, he sells compliance, okay? Uh, compliance services. And he calls me up years ago and he said, man, I have a, a, a CSS disease. And, and I go, CSS disease? Huh. What, is th- what is that? And he goes, I can't sell shit. <laughs> 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 so, so, so and, then, and then I said, okay, what happened, man? And he goes, man, I'm doing the stocks. And people say, this is great stuff, great stuff. So I said, send me your, your presentation. So he sent me this one hour long talk. And I'm telling you, it was painful. It was just compliance and stuff. I'm talking about painful, painful. Uh, can imagine. So then, I, then I said, I said okay, so he's going to do? We're going to do three things. Number one, I want to cut your content in half. The guy freaked out, like, dude, I'm a compliance expert. Dude, you cannot do this. Like, dude, listen to me. I'm going to cut in half. The other half, we're going to add stories, and then you're going to redo your clothes. That's it. So I did that. And then he goes, next weekend, go and speak. And it was one of his best talks. He makes almost 50K in one hour. He said, dude, I cannot believe it. Right? was the same information. So why I'm telling the story? Because before it was just information, right? Um, and he was speaking to inform, and then you had stories, and now he's speaking to transform. So one of the biggest mistakes people do uh, in speaking, in marketing, in communication, in podcasting, in email, is not be able to illustrate with enough stories. Right? So that's why I spend a lot of time in influenceology. You know, it's not the only thing that we teach, but 
I want to make sure when I, when we, people come to our class, whatever, or I help them, there's three stories that every executive business person, doctor, entrepreneur needs to know. You guys want to maybe, uh, maybe write this down. Um, the way I see it, storytelling, number one, your personal story. And your personal story is like, why, why do you do what you do? Why are you there speaking? You know what I mean? So you've got to have um, explain that in a story format. Number two, depending if you're a doctor or a business, business owner, you want to have a client story or a patient story. You've got to have to be able to illustrate. And then the third um, the third example, the third type of story I call Swiss army knife story. <laughs> and the reason is Swiss army knife is stories for everything else. Now, obviously there's a lot of storytelling trainers out there. They say, no, you gotta have uh, 20 different types of stories or whatever. I like to make things simple so people use it. So one story is like why I'm there speaking. Other story is about my clients that I help or patients. The third one is the stories that illustrate other things, such as my company's values, my the vision, uh, acting with urgency, illustrating the power of change. So anything that I'm trying to illustrate, then I use a or uh, other than uh, my personal story or my client stories or patient stories, I put in that category, and that worked for us. Works great. I love it. What I, I love, I mean, taking your stuff, I've used stories more and more. I wrote a book and it's all about universal laws which can, and quantum physics, which can get a little headspace and get too informational, but I share personal stories like crazy in it. And it's amazing how much it has influenced people. I love them. I can't wait to, to I got, read your book, buddy. Can't wait I, to read it. I'll have to send one out to you. Um, but why, why do you think stories, you know, psychologically, what is it about stories that really moves us as humans? All right. So that, what happened is that I have a one-year-old now, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's actually 13 months, uh, baby Sophia. And I, can, and I can see that now she's in a point of uh, uh, she's drinking milk, to wants more milk or she points to stuff or she sees me and tries to hide. So it's kind of like she already has understand what's going on. She's, she's not able to verbalize yet. She doesn't have the language skills. And there's a psychologist that uh, uh, his name is Jerome Brunner from Harvard. He said that his stories come before language, which means that she already has a story in her mind that that that's why she developed language. So stories, stories. Um, for, for one aspect of storytelling is that's how we we learn, right? And if you think about it, when you were caveman, not that you were, you know, when when we when we our society were cavemen, we didn't have uh, we didn't know how to write, we didn't have books, we didn't have uh, iPads, phones. How? Here's an important question: How? I, as an older generation, for example, I'm going to teach you a principle to you so you remember, protect yourself. So that's why the idea of campfires and idea to be around the fire and sharing stories with emotional content, uh, storytelling was, uh, went beyond just entertaining, was uh, actually an educational tool because you couldn't, how are you going to remember the information? How are you going to remember to not go to walk in that direction because you're going to face a, a T-Rex there, right? So storytelling was, uh, was used as an information tool. So, uh, so the, this, the, 
Another another reason why storytellers are so, uh, so powerful is because they have this disturbing influence called identification. And identification happens when you tell a story to your audience and uh, your, your audience of one or many can identify himself or herself or themselves with the character of the story. Right? So, for example, if I told a story and someone, oh, this is just uh, like me or, or has very similar challenges like I do, when, when you create this identification, two things happen. Connection goes up and resistance goes down. And that's why it has this powerful um, em- emotional uh, connection. Um, in other words, stories speaks to our humanity. So, uh, man, it has been uh, life changing for me, and life life change for our clients. And I, and I, and being one, I know that it has for me too. And it's just uh, like I said, I think for me, when I share stories, it's really just uh, being personal and connecting, going to that mm-hmm. identification side, and but then also showing your authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and just mm-hmm. being like, hey, here's mm-hmm. me, here's a story, here's what I've went through. Um, uh, and like for me, even with patients, when I'm working with patients and, you know, some patients, they want to get out of pain. Their, their focus is, I want to be out of pain. And, yep. and my practice, we're a lifestyle practice, but I tell them the journey takes time. And then what I do is instead of giving them all this information, I just mm-hmm. tell them last year, I tell them I was in pain for seven months where I couldn't be barely get out of bed to I was hoping I can adjust for the day and hopefully survive. And that mm-hmm. was my that was my life for seven months. And when they hear that, and I said, I never gave up because I knew what I was doing was helping me um, move in the direction because of what my history was. And, mm-hmm. and when I say that, they're like, wow, seven months, you doubt? Oh, I can't believe that. But I'm like, yeah, but now I'm stronger better and i'm slowly recovering back to where i need to be but i know i'll be better when i get there really powerful really powerful and the other thing too uh speaking to your point dr vic is that um and i see i I see this over and over and over again people want to go out and they spend this hours talk about hours hours writing writing the content what about putting the slides and then i said look Look, here's what you do, you know, you, you come up with your major points of your talk for every major point to have a story you, and you find these stories that have happened to your life. You don't have to memorize. You don't have to write them. Now, eventually, if you want to write them to make them a masterpiece, you can. But if you're doing a talk and have a conversation, then this is your life. This is your experience. So instead of looking outside, you know, and, and I see this unfortunately a lot in the self-development business where people look outside say, uh, and try to, you know, to uh, emulate someone else and say, no, 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 look internally, look about your, your experiences, your stories and be able to share because um, I think Annette Simon said that a story is not story until it's told. So if a story happens to you, uh, I, that means that you're the one responsible to give life to it. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. And also, another thing I learned from you guys is that uh, you know, ever since the seminar, I uh, all my powerpoints are just pictures and one words now. Boom! <laughs> oh, oh man, I have a big smile. I have a big smile now, buddy. I have a big smile. <laughs> I have a big smile, buddy. Because then you get people to focus on you, and and then you yeah. get to do your thing. So uh, I thank you for that, Jermaine. And it and it yeah. makes it makes presenting a lot more fun. Uh, way more fun. Way more way fun. More fun. I, 
I have a saying that I said, when you love speaking, speaking loves you back. You know, it's so true though. It's, it's so true. Um, yeah, it's, and it's been a blessing. It's been freeing. Like you say, it's very freeing to do all that. So I got a couple questions before we wrap up some simple ones. I always ask them. Um, it's just something to, uh, you know, we all have, uh, something that has, um, shifted us in some way or form. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a book that you've read that was like the one of the, I mean, now, now I know when someone asks me this question, I'm like, man, there's so many books that have changed. Books. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. is there one that comes to mind? The first one that pops in your mind that like was a big transition, made a big shift in your life. Yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta give credit, uh, to Tony Robbins, his book, awaken the giant within. Um, nice. yeah. So, and I specifically, specifically, uh, there's a chapter about values elicitation and uh, a lot of times you you read the book and, and they have exercises and you don't do them <laughs> and then at, at that point I'm like you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do it and, and when I got super clear about my values and my rules man that little book has changed my life so I want to give it that if, if, even if you read it I encourage you to you know what I'm gonna read it again because you change as a person and your values change. What do you value most in your life right now is not the same thing as you valued 10 years ago. Now, some of the values might be, some of the values are the same, like, for example, impact or integrity, right? So some things don't change, but some of the things that, that, were, that you value most 10, 15 years, 10 years ago is not the same now. So it's always good to be clear about your values, and I feel... Like that book has a great chapter on it and really has helped me. I'm going to revisit. I'm have to revisit that one. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned 10 years. This is great because I always ask this question. What advice would you give your younger self 10 years ago that you know now? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's a loaded question. Yeah, let's see how I would be... Um, so to be, a, you know, uh, so here's old shape. I'm just trying to, to think I'll be 38, 10 years. Um, you just started influence. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I would say, um, one advice that I'll give myself, um, is to become, uh, even more consistent with my communication, you know, because um, I I went to periods where I was communi- it was kind of like valleys, right, up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. And I fe- and looking back in these ten years, that's a great question because <laughs> I, I, I don't, but when I seriously when I. When I left Tony, when you work for Tony Robbins, which is the biggest brand in personal development, man, you you, you open pretty much every door. I mean, literally, yeah. say I work for Tony. And then you go from Tony Robbins and you say, hey, uh, my name is Roberto Monac with Influenceology. Who? Who? The next day, nobody, nobody wants to talk to you. Unbelievable. And then I would say, yeah, I would say, man, I'll... I'll uh, the key, the, the key word would say, be consistent with the message, man. I would say, look, because we have so much noise, so much information. Uh, we live in an era 
Um, and by the way, there's a, there's a, there's a great uh, paper, uh, this company called Elder, Elderman Trust Barometer. And every year they publish a, a PDF, a research on the trust levels, the trust that you have in governments, trust you have in companies, trust you have in media, in a public organization. So uh, they have been doing research believe, uh, for the last 12 years, I believe. And, uh, and, we, and, and one of the key findings of the research is that we live in a very low trust era. People don't trust. So what happens is that when you don't communicate, you just reinforce that no trust, right? So it's kind of like that no trust environment, you're just allowing that to take over if you're not stepping up, if you're not being consistent with your communication. So for me, looking back, I wish I had stayed. And I feel like I'm a pretty consistent guy now. But I had moments where when I started my business, I wasn't. So I, was, I think it would be that one, one of advice I give. But there's way more. There's way more. There's way more. <laughs> I know. I know. Yes, way more. But I think, that's that's, very, I think it's very powerful because, you know, yeah. the law of consistency states that the more that you do something consistently over a period of time, you become a master at it. You become, uh, you attract it in your life, a vision, whatever it is. So that, that's really powerful. Uh, uh, information there. Yep. I, I got one more. This one's easy. Okay. What is it? What is your most favorite quote or a quote that shifted or transformed you? If you don't share your story, the marketplace you create one about you. I love that. I knew yep. I had a feeling you were going to say Come on. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, if you don't share your story, the marketplace you create one about you, you know, so, so here's, let's talk about that. Yeah, and and, I, and, I, and the guy who said is brilliant, man. By the way, the guy who said that is unbelievable, brilliant. Okay, so here's here's a here's a story. Uh, so I have a quick story about it, and I think I want to inspire people here. Um, I would say maybe f- uh, five years ago, uh, maybe more, maybe six years ago. I don't know exactly. Um, but when people, when Facebook really uh, start going off, I, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of Facebook, everybody didn't know how to, posting was something new. So I think people start posting uh, quotes a lot, right? So they post yeah. quotes, quotes, quotes. Still nowadays, some people still post a lot of quotes. Yep. And then one day, so here I am, uh, I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer. I have my own company for a couple of years and, and I'm a quoting everybody else but me yep so i coach tony robbins i coach zig ziglar i coach deepak chopra I, I, all these guys and i'm like and then i had this thought man i have no quotes yeah and then i had this negative voice who do you think you are to <laughs> quote yourself and then and then for real i had this negative voice dude i'm not gonna quote myself it's kind of stupid. And then I'm like, why is it stupid? If I don't write my own quotes and quote myself, they'll never, I'll never be, people never quote me. So that. then I literally, I start uh, writing quotes and I have probably 115, some better than others. Uh, some are, I call them power lines. Nice. Uh, some of them, and I always have my wife to review, and she goes, "None of this is terrible, man. You got to redo that one." <laughs> <laughs> and they so, won't. Yeah, oh, they do, they do, they do. <laughs> hey, but look, I, I, and I keep doing because now, now the cool thing about it is that 
is like, and, and a, a quote is like when you have this big idea and you put it into just really powerful, compact line. And if you are in the business of speaking, uh, in the business of influencing, in the business of change or changing minds, then that's something that you want to develop because sometimes you don't have a lot of time to communicate. So uh, sometimes I, I go in and, in, and even a two minutes, three minutes, man, I drop, I have a, so many power lines now that I drop and people are like, man, that's powerful. You, you, it's an easy way um, for, for, for your message to, to pop, for your message to stand out, for your message to get attention. So I, I, I highly encourage everybody here to say, you know what, what, what are some of my quotes, you know, and start writing them now. I love that. And I started doing that after your seminar. I think it was almost a whole year straight on Instagram. I was just posting quotes of my own and I've actually, nice. and I've tracked them now too, just like you. And I, and, and I, and I, t- I said, I told my wife, I said, after 40, hopefully I'll have like 300 quotes. Yeah. I'm going to write a book and it's just going to say quotes by Dr. Vic. It's out there into the public. Nobody may buy it. I don't care if someone does. <laughs> I'm putting it out there into the universe just saying, here it is. I'm leaving. I love it, buddy. I love it. I love it, man. Right before, uh, right before we end, there's one thing I wanted to uh, uh, share because you brought up the whole quote thing. And I remember it yourself. Actually, I heard you say this at my Dr. Troy's uh, seminar in St. Yep. Louis. Yep. And you, you shared this one thing. And I remember that day after you stated this, I went out and bought, and I'll tell you, I'll say it in a minute, but why is it that you would never wear someone else's jersey? Oh, <laughs> because, because I got to have my own name in my back, right? I got to have my own name, Monaco, buddy. Yeah, you know, right. that, yeah, that's it. That's a uh, man. That was powerful, man. But that's- I remember, I remember you saying, and, and this is what happened to me was, is when you said this, is like I would the only time I would ever wear someone else's jersey is if they wore mine. Because why am I going to celebrate someone else besides yeah. myself? Yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the, the so the, 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 the jersey. It's another story. So the jersey story is really powerful. So I'm from Brazil originally, and uh, and soccer, uh, soccer is a big thing in Brazil, like huge. Imagine you combine baseball, football, and basketball into one sport that's soccer. And when you go to and uh, when you go to Brazil, man, everybody has jerseys from soccer players. By the way, is 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 uh, I'm not bashing if you have a jersey. I'm not, that's not, no, that's not my point. Yes, yes, yeah, of course. But but here, so then uh, so I was doing this conference for 200 salespeople, and I see these guys. They're very passionate about the soccer fan. And then my last was like this was like, how many of you here have a soccer jersey? 200 people, 200 people stand up, right? Their hands would say, great. And I said, how many of you here have a jersey with your own name in your own back? <laughs> nobody raised that. Nobody raised their hand. And then I say, so you're proud to have someone else's a name in your back, but not your own. Love that, dude. So and then and, and then I pass I pass these uh, white jerseys with the pens, and they wrote their name in the back and put number one, dude. They were and there's more to the message and, and to delivery and how to exercise, but they walk away so proud, man. And you gotta be, man. You have to be proud about yourself and and your life and your journey and your purpose and your mistakes and your failures and your last. You know, you have to be. You have to own that. 
I love it. And at that night, I bought a, two Cub jerseys, one for my wife, one for me. Number one, put Manzo on the back, and it was done. Yeah! <laughs> I freaking love it, dude. I love it. I love it. So this was, Roberto, this was awesome. As always, you, you, you bring awesome things to the table. For the listeners there, how can they connect with you? The best way, I have, a, I have a two websites. One is for business professionals. You can go to influenceology.com, the word influenceology.com. And then if you're a chiropractor, then I have another website specific for chiros called chirospeaking.com, chirospeaking.com. Awesome. And I'll have that in the notes. Um, Roberto, I want to thank you uh, for being here, brother. This was awesome. Awesome, Dr. Vic, I'm so proud of you and for changing so many people's lives. And it's an honor to be here with you today. Thank you. And I thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, Pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.